I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Good morning. Um, Welcome to morning prayer and our Ruth reflection throughout our June series on the book of Ruth. We as a church are studying the book of Ruth together from uh, Sunday, June 3rd through Sunday, June 24th. There's four books in the book of Ruth, and so we can do that in four Sundays. And the series and the way that we are going to be kind of zoning in on Ruth is through the lens of poverty, privilege, and the presence of God. And so we started this past Sunday. If you were there, um, you know that we, after worship, gathered to take part in a hands-on mission project together where we can kind of engage and think and reflect upon poverty and privilege and, and our place in it and and how we, um, as people of privilege, um, can come alongside other people um, who are in need um, without forgetting our own need, with our own poverty, um, that we can come to a place where we all realize our shared levels of poverty wherever we are, um, the impoverished places in our own hearts. And so today, um, we're going to do kind of our traditional morning prayer like we have other times um, for different seasons in the life of our church. We've done morning prayer through the the, um, book of uh, the common prayer book that many of you own, but we're going to use this book um, to pray together. We're going to read Ruth together, and and then we're going to do a little bit of reflection on Ruth. Um, Really simple. I hope you'll join us. Um, We said that we're going to do this in the 7 o'clock hour every Wednesday. Um, So sometime in that hour, it'll pop up. Don't have to join us live if you don't want to. Um, You can join us later on. You can watch later. Um, But let's study the book of Ruth together today. I'm going to set our hearts and minds um, in motion for prayer and we are, are going to sing a hymn together. And so I'll lead you through that. And that's going to be, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. 
Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. We're going to sing, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast unmeasured, boundless free. Mighty ocean in its fullness over me underneath me all around me is the read now from Psalm 36. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the strong mountains, your justice like the great deep. You save both human and beast, O Lord. How priceless is your love, O God. Your people take refuge under the shadow of your wings. They feast upon the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you, and your favor to those who are true of heart. Now we're going to read together Ruth 1. Remember, um, as we are studying this on Sunday mornings, that this is... Um, an opportunity for you to read it one more time in the middle of the week for comprehension, to know who's who and where they're from and and why, and to kind of soak it in because it can be really fast on Sunday mornings. I get that. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he, his wife, and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of their sons were Malon and Chilion, and they were Ephratites from Bethlehem and Judea. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons only. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. When they lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the women were left without their two sons and and her husband too. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, 
and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do you still have sons in my womb? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud, all of them. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge, and your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well. If even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, call me no longer Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So just for comprehension's sake, just to kind of clarify a few things and make sure that you know where we are in the story and, and, and what's happening. Um, a lot of people know the story of Naomi and Ruth. Um, they know these two people. They know that they're connected in some way. Um, Naomi is an older kind of mid, um, midlife, middle, um, uh, older woman. And in this time period, older means something different than what we know because people live much longer and, but she's later in life. Um, and the possibility of her conceiving a child would be, um, slim. She has some daughters-in-law, um, that married her sons. Um, she comes from, she's an Israelite. Um, Naomi, just to remind you, Naomi is not from Moab. Naomi um, is from Judah. And so she marries Elimelech. They leave, they leave Judah because at this point in time when they're married, it's famine in the land. There's no food and, um, for, for, it, for God's people. There's no food for Israel. So they leave that land and they go to a land called Moab that at that point in time was rich rich in resources. They have children. 
their children marry people who live in Mo, uh, Moab. So they, they marry Mo, Moabite wives. Um, and then famine sets in in Moab too. Um, say, say, and because they are low on resources, they have no food, they're impoverished people. Um, over time, Naomi loses her husband. They lose their two sons. You can imagine that these that these men um, are taking care of their wives, right? So they're making sure that their wives have food before they have food. Um, after a while, that um, that wears on your body, right? You're doing all the hard labor. You're doing all the hard work, trying to pro provide for your family, and so they die. And this leaves Naomi in a foreign land without a husband, without a caretaker. Um, and as you know, in this time period, to be a, a woman who is unmarried, to be a, a widow, um, is an incredibly difficult time. You are, um, not only are you unsupported um, financially, resource, like resources-wise, but you are also in grave danger um, of, of, of rape, of sexual assault, of, of being taken by other people. Um, so these three women now are without their husbands, uh, and Naomi hears, hears that back in Judah, they now have food, that God has, has shown favor on the people of Israel and that she should go back to her hometown now. But she says to her girls, you, you got to stay here because as bad as this is, you're, you're going to have it way worse in Israel. You're going to have it way worse in Judah because people there, you are an enemy to them. Your people, your type of people, you, your Moab, people from Moab, your Moabite people are not going to be well received here, especially single Moabite women. Uh, so no, it's going to be a hard life for you. Orpah decides to stay, but Ruth refuses to leave Naomi. And so this is the story of just rich love and loyalty and devotion. And on Sunday we were talking, I talked about how this story is at its heart a story of failure. Um, by every standard we have of success and setting your life to be self-secured and, and, um, and, and supported, that it has just been stripped away, right? These are, Ruth is, is, is a widow, um, a, a foreigner, a woman. <laughs> uh, I mean, she in every way is completely stripped of anything that would be self-securing for her. She has, and yet she chooses love and loyalty over, over the confidence of success or the confidence of, of, of building an easier life for herself. And so talked about how privilege on Sunday, um, how our, our privilege is lies in our fear of failure. As people who live in the DC metro area, fear of failure just kind of runs our lives. We have to make ourselves better people to build better lives for ourselves, to be the, the best that, that by our, the standards that we've set in our society that we can be, so that we can you know, be in the three-piece suit um, so that we can get that kind of three-piece suit kind of job so that we can provide for our family and get the best house. And, and so um, it's the, the, the ability to put failure at arm's length is in fact a sign of our privilege as people who can do that because there are people around the world, people like Ruth, who don't know anything other than constant heartache and suffering and failure. And they have to find hope and they have to find joy, and they have to find um, goodness in life in the midst of that. Uh, I, I quoted this on Facebook the other day, 
but we served um, a meal at Sunday suppers this past Sunday and we're it's pouring down rain right and we are very aware of it us volunteers very aware of the rain set up a tent it's a 10 by 10 tent we thought well, it would be great. I mean, if we just set up a tent with, and we put food under it, people are going to come real quick, get food, and they're going to leave and go find shelter. Um, we're like, why don't we just allow, invite them under our tent with us? And so we set up a table so that they could sit down too. And we're all like kind of crowding in together, about five volunteers. And at this point in time, maybe there were about 15 um, people who live in and around Franklin Square there coming to eat with us. And um, this guy, Marcus, says... Uh, it's just a little bit of rain. It is just a little bit of rain. You know, life is good if you make it good. And you think about Marcus, who has to deal with rain every time. Like, he doesn't have consistent shelter. Um, it's just a little bit of rain, he says. That's all it is. There are people who live based on our westernized society. Failure is just a way of life. We would call that failure, right? We would call that that failure based on what we think is supposed to be success in our lives. And yet they find joy and they find goodness and they find, you know, life is good if you make it good, as, as Marcus says. It's just, it's a wonderful thing to reflect on as we reflect on our own privilege and poverty. I think my question to leave you with today is if this story is about failure, but it's also about choosing to put aside that fear of failure, choosing to put aside that fear of, of, um, of not having it all in order to choose love and loyalty, my question is what does that look like in your life for you right now? What, what does that look like? Is there a place in your life where you need to put aside all the fretting, all the anxiety, all the I don't know what's gonna happen next, all of the expectations you have on yourself, about how you're how it's supposed to be where you're supposed to be what it's supposed to be like just lay it aside is there a place you need to just choose love and loyalty instead as we reflect on that together let let us go into a time of prayer and we will conclude that time of prayer with with the lord's prayer together god it's so easy to choose things that are other than love and loyalty but we know that in the heart of God is love and loyalty, and so we choose you today. We choose the very essence of who you are to permeate our lives. So that's all that we know. God, teach us to be people like Marcus who can say it's just a little bit of rain and life is good if we make it good. Teach us to be people like that who can, who can see you in the littlest of things and in the big and in the big moments where you seem distant, can still see you too. In the little things and in the big things, in the little disasters and in the big disasters. We pray for those, of course, who are living in, in, in poverty, living without. Pray that you might make us people who see them, who befriend them, who um, help them. I pray that you, um, would teach us to want to serve, teach us to be people who happily serve and, and, and love you with our whole hearts through opening our hands um, towards others. God, I also ask that you would help identify within us our own places of poverty. Where are those destitute places? It may not have anything to do with whether we can put food on the table or where we live or whether we have shelter, but, but it may have something absolutely to do with, with, 
with the emptiness that we feel inside our own hearts and souls and minds. And, and, and so God, come into that emptiness, come into those vacant places within us. We pray all of this in, in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And um, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. I'll see you soon. Have a good day. There is peace at the table of the Lord.